Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, mm. wow, I actually enjoyed the Miami Heat game. I know oh. it's sort of controversial to yeah. enjoy a loss. Well, but good for you. I like basketball, mm-hmm. um, so I'm cool. Um, so we're going to dive into what happened in the Heat game, maybe look at some of the symptoms of that game. We have amazing mailbag questions that we're going to dive into, including fake Kyrie Irving trades. Wow. And then Brian and I at the very, very end, we're going to talk Dune because I'm blown away. I was blown You've been, looking, you've been looking for a franchise, Mike. Loves a franchise. <laughs> Brian, we'll talk about it mm. at the very end. And before we get started with the show, this podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. to the glue guys this is mike here Salo brian Hello. Oh, check us out on twitter at bk glue guys netsdaily.com the athletic if you want to get behind that paywall theathletic.com slash glue guys i think it's like 33 percent off an annual subscription nice. ryan my goal the nets are Stuck? Yeah. They're stuck. What are they doing? What are they doing? So you watched the game. You enjoyed it yourself. It sounds like you had a grand old time over there. You're just like on cloud <laughs> nine after after that. <laughs> what what were you watching that I wasn't, Mike? Because I was butthurt and triggered to the nth degree. Okay. So maybe so we're talking about the Miami Heat game. We're recording this on Thursday, 1028 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right. I guess my thing is, and this is maybe a healthy uh, way to view basketball <laughs> is to not have announcers on sometimes ah. as much as I love Ian and Sarah. Oh, wow. I love them dearly. When you hear um, the, uh, the crowd and you hear sort of the complaining about the lack of fouls, which trust me, I was, I was butthurt mm-hmm. about the lack of fouls. I, there was some sort of serenity in just watching the game without the noise. I, mean, I wouldn't recommend it all what, the time. What were you listening to? Did you, you just put on Skrillex or something in the background? Or what, what was the supplant? <laughs> <laughs> it was just Stevie just, Nicks. Just perfect silence to sit in a dark was, room. TV was only <laughs> TV on it, it was actually the score of Hans Zimmer. Wow. I was, <laughs> Beautiful. I was listening to a Hans Zimmer score, just getting zoned out on some Dune scores and did he do the dune he did the dune scores of course he did did you hear a wall spare spare no expense yeah (laughs) checks out um so i enjoyed the game why i enjoyed the game was that i thought it was both teams competed they actually played it as if it was like almost a playoff game Mm. i think both teams understood (laughs) the importance of that game yeah it stinks that the heat won it stinks particularly that the heat shot so poorly but Yet somehow they went to the free throw line. I'm gonna. I'm, this is the butthurt territory. Yeah, they went to the free throw line twelve more times during that game, when their team is not really built that way. Nope. And the Nets don't go to the free throw line when they are built that way. And of course, the Nets got out rebounded. Uh, everyone's mad about that. The the turnover situation was about the same. But I enjoyed the game. I'm sorry. It's, it's I enjoyed, easier. It's enjoyed easier to out rebound somebody if you're allowed to push them in the back, but they can't push you in the back. <laughs> that's that's my hot. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, we'll put aside the 
ref complaint compartment. That's a whole thing. I think everybody's For now, because a, I'm going to dive into that. It was pretty egregious. I mean, should we just dive into it now? I, I it's mean, insane. It was, this is insane. This is crazy. I know we're a Nets podcast, and, and, and if we were not a Nets podcast, we'd be like, ooh, I'm so happy James Harden is not yes, getting the calls yes, that he wants. Let the, the butt maestro of the free through throw you. line. Yes. But this yes. is insane. He's getting <laughs> fouled. He's getting fouled all the time. And the refs have been told by Adam Silver not to call fouls on James Harden and Trey Young. I haven't looked up Trey Young's free throw attempts. I'm sure it's probably better than James Harden. Harden got fouled three times on one single possession, and the refs were 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 loath to yeah. blow that whistle. It was like it was like it's like five minutes later they're like. That, it didn't even give it a it's full like, whistle. It was a fart whistle. It's like the, the counselor at the camp who's like who's hung over and it's just like I gotta <laughs> even blow this the, whistle. Doesn't even have the damn it. The wind in his chest to blow the whistle. I mean, I okay, I know I, I'm happy that the NBA has restructured the emphasis on the game, taking away fouls. The game is more enjoyable when there are less fouls called. Even if the offense goes down because it's harder to score because defenders can be more physical, I actually like to watch that basketball on balance compared to like free throw fest. But James Harden, I'm not just, he is not getting calls at all. He is getting fouled. He's not faking it. Now there were times when he did fake it. Um, and there'd be times when he knew he'd miss a shot and then he would try to like hook an arm of the defender to sure. try to get a call. Classic James Harden stuff. Fine. Yeah. But like, yeah, this is who he is. <laughs> but like the, if the new rule is also like, and James Harden can't get fouled. And also we called James Harden on fouls all the time too. There's that whole part of it too. Um, yeah, he feels, he feels targeted, Mike. And there was a moment where we were watching him sitting on the bench, stroking his beard. He, he very often, he doesn't often stroke the beard like <laughs> you're Roland. right. He doesn't, <laughs> but he was staring into the abyss and thinking deep thoughts about what the hell he's going to do going forward. If this is the new, the new normal for him, scary, it's a scary future. I don't know if you're much of a baseball fan, but during the season in baseball, Major League Baseball, essentially pitchers were using illegal substances to get better grip on the ball to increase their spin rate on the ball, which makes it harder to hit. Mm -hmm. During the season, baseball took that away. One guy, Tyler Glass now, got hurt and believes it was because he wasn't able to grip the ball like he did and had to really hold on to the ball hard and he hurt his, you know, hurt his arm. Uh, now, so this rule change happened before the season, but like Harden, Harden is being affected by it. And uh, I've been texting with Mo DeKeel. Mo used to be the video coordinator for the Clippers and the Spurs. Uh, we're going to have him on as a bonus episode for tomorrow because he really, he actually knows uh, what's happening. So what we can really to, what tell What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? That we don't know what's happening. Mm. Um, that that he, he will... Let me know if I'm right or wrong about whether Harden's in fact getting fouled and how he's being officiated differently. I just do – okay, I enjoyed the game. But there is – it is undeniable that the NBA has made it so they've told the refs that they've been told you're not going to give these fouls out. And I think specifically we're not going to give these to Harden because he is the poster child for sort of the way that basketball was being played the past few years, which was – hunting for fouls, okay? And I think what that has led is that there's now this overreaction. And that's common in basketball and the NFL that's happened too, where there's a new rule, there's an overreaction to the new rule and the way the refs do it, and then they kind of back off of it during the year. But he's getting, like, are you, do you agree that, like, that he is not getting calls that he at least should be getting, not even the ones that he's trying to make up. I mean, I don't only just agree for James Harden. I mean, the entire team, I mean, it was a, an insane game of refereeing. I, I wonder <laughs> if it like, I was talking about this on the stream last night. Um, at like, do you, how much are these refs? Like, are, are we able to like shove their, like smush their face in the, in the PP carpet here and be like, you guys were doing things wrong. Like, how, like do, how much time do people spend like actually like addressing how badly that was officiated? I mean, I mean, and, I, and are we actually just crazy homers for thinking that it was like terribly officiated or is this like, you know, has the rest of the league, like, are they able to pick up on that or what? Well, I think it was like a, a perfect confluence of events where the Nets have been underwhelming this season. Harden has not been getting the free throw attempts that he usually gets during a game, which not only does he get the extra points from the free throw line, it impacts the way the defense can play him so that they're afraid to to defend him, you know, a much closer level. 
he's able to get more assists off of that. He's able to control the game at a greater level than just getting to the free throw line, right? So there's that impact too. And they played a Miami Heat team that is a contender for the Eastern Conference crown. That is a very physical team with P.J. Tucker, Lowry, Butler, Adebayo, not Duncan Robinson. He doesn't really fit within that equation. <laughs> but he gets spicy. And, there's, there's a spicy moment for Duncan. Yeah, he's, he like, had, he's like, I can he, be one of those guys. Did he? Who did he almost? He almost he, he was, fought. He was, he was jawing with he KD. Was, which is insane. Yeah. Duncan, Come on, Duncan. Duncan, let's Idaho, go, Robinson. Let's go, Duncan. Slow down. <laughs> That's Duncan, what I'm saying. Anyone down. named Duncan is a non-threat. Mike, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, so... It was sort of like we've been monitoring it. this. It's a bit of bubbling situation about the lack of foul calls for the Nets. And it leads to this very important game against a team that is the type of team that like, specifically tries to play very physical, believing that refs can't call every foul. And the refs didn't call every foul. And it impacted the game. The Nets, yeah, they lost by 13. But the game was much closer all throughout. And it was just that simply you know, kind of got away from them at, at the end a little bit. I, it's, it's kind of an insane thing. So who can I blame? I blame the NBA. I blame Adam Silver. Um, I blame President Joe Biden for not passing uh, the infrastructure bill and the uh, social safety net bill. Hopefully that will come out soon. <laughs> um, and, and I blame, um, you know, Marvel and Disney for not paying Scarlett Johansson enough. I don't know. It's, it's well, insane. I, I, I kind of agree with your take though, in that it was if, if enjoyment is evokes emotion, and I think I think you can make a compelling argument that that's the case, then I agree. Wow, that was profound. That was enjoy Jeez. that was <laughs> I, I enjoyed was myself, profound. but I was not enjoying the overall feeling of butthurt and triggeredness that I got. I mean, I'll prefer it to like being bored, you know, in a loss. That's that's I prefer <laughs> that. Um but yeah, I mean like beyond that, do we have to I mean do we analyze the actual matchup there, Mike? Is that yes. part of it? Yeah. yeah. Let's analyze the actual matchup. <laughs> um, I mean, is there a deep concern? So here's my, so Kevin Durant said after the game, like they felt like they were getting good looks and they just didn't hit the net shot. 39% from the field, 33% from three sort of the, the poster child for that lack of efficiency was Patty Mills. Yeah. But I loved what Patty Mills, how he played. I don't know if you feel the same way, but like, like he has a, a level of activity that is different than most shooters. Yeah. In terms, like he's he's willing to like he like really tries on defense so hard, um, and he's making the smart plays. Just that he shot over six from three, and was wide open on all those looks. Yeah, I don't feel like Petty Mills was <clears throat> was the part of the problem. I mean, like I guess I mean I guess I agree with Durant in in the sense that like you know we just missed a ton of open threes. Um, I also have like a memory of Joe. I don't have the box score in front of me, but a memory of Joe Harris missing a bunch, which I, you know, I'm loath to acknowledge because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to chuff him up, you know, <laughs> for the season. I think he, he needs some positive reinforcement. Um, well, Joe, let me just point this. It was a very interesting Joe Harris game because he mm -hmm. was five for eleven from three, okay. which he typically doesn't take. That I mean, that's a, that's lot, a lot, obviously, yeah. and and that's a nice percentage from three if you're taking eleven shots. But he missed all of his two-point shots. He mm. missed the four two-pointers that he took, which, you know, again, he usually hits one or two of those. And I remember specifically there was one where he drove to the basket and was was blatantly fouled and nothing was called. Um, just comes back to the just comes back to the lopsided refereeing <laughs> at the end of the day. I mean, I, I can make that argument. I feel like I can. I feel like I can yes, honestly make yeah. that. Yeah, we're allowed to. We're a Nets podcast. Yeah. Nets centric. Screw the world. It's all about Nets world, baby. That's what we're talking about. But that Heat team, I mean, like the combination of like their annoying players, their physical play, and then also having the refs on their side is like a perfect storm of like, I, God, I could like by the end of that game when the lead was really slipping, I just fell into a, a stupor of annoy annoyance. Like it was, yeah. I was so annoyed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's frustrating, and and they also have like they now have a, a team of like histrionics. Right, where like PJ Tucker yes. is just so yes, the the combo annoying. of Kyle Lowry and PJ Tucker in the guy's <laughs> face while they've been <laughs> annihilating us all game and like getting every foul call and then like they're still like like dressing down the refs at every opportunity. It's like that's per it's really just perfect that team. I actually really hope that we don't play them in the playoffs. Just, like I I don't know if I'll if I can take it. I might seize up. I'm like it'll be really hard for me. Well, and I think this Heat team was specifically designed to defend the Nets more than the Bucks, more than the 76ers. Like, 
They got yeah. PJ Tucker. Not that he even did like the, the funny thing is because the Bucks beat the Nets in the playoffs, there's this storyline that PJ Tucker was somehow like yeah, played well against that, Durant. Yeah, not not no, the case. Yeah. He, Durant roasted his ass. Yeah. But it's just that PJ Tucker, like it looks like he plays defense. So you have Tucker, Lowry, if there's no Kyrie Irving, it really <laughs> bring unfortunately I had to bring up Kyrie there, but if there's no Kyrie Irving for the Nets at all this year and there's no like replacement that's brought in via trade, it makes it much easier easier for the Heat to defend the Nets. Also if uh, the refs continue not calling fouls. So who, you you keep talking about who's this? Kyrie Irving? Who's that? Is that the? You mean the professional, uh, like the a, touch football player, the, <laughs> the, the the philosopher, the noteworthy touch football player, the the megaphone for the voiceless. Mm. Yeah. Um, we'll get to Kyrie later in our mailbag segment, which will be super great. Before we put this game Wait, to bed, let's actually yes. do we because like we have to have to divide this by how excellent we looked against the Wizards. Do we do we need to do that at all? Because we never talked about that game. Yeah, and and that's sort of the funny. That's sort of the the waves of emotion of a season, particularly an early season where we potted after what was the game on Sunday? Oh, the Hornets. The Hornets. Game. Yeah, we've been we've kind of hitting on the off nights, and then the Wizards game was like a real up. Yeah. I feel that made know, it look like, oh, we're going to be f- completely fine. All of our concerns are completely overblown. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll, and I'll get to like, I, you know, the, I think we have some questions where we can kind of dive more into like the, what we've seen in the first five games of this season so far, but I'll, I'll just say last night in the NBA, the Nets, Bucks, Lakers, and Suns all lost. And they, the other teams that the Nets played the best opponent which were the Heat. Like, the Bucks, I think, lost to the Timberwolves. Um, the Suns lost to the Kings. And the Lakers lost to the Thunder. And, you know, we're also focused on the Nets. This is a Nets-centric pod. They haven't looked that good so far this year. They're 2-3. and three. We all expected them to look better, regardless of whatever the record is. Um, but... Those teams themselves, all of those teams are the top four contenders in the the country, in the league, and they all lost. And it's early in the season, and no one looks all that great. Like, the teams that look great right now are like the Hornets, the Knicks, um, the Celtics look good at times, the Timberwolves are 3-1. and I just want everyone to remember that, like, the Timberwolves last year to start the year were like 8-1 and or something, right? And their their social media account was tweeting out these hilarious like they were they were Infamous. tweeting out like like people's <clears throat> prediction that the Timberwolves would suck and they were like do we suck now and then they did and mm-hmm. they fired their coach and they hired like you know so let's and then that, then they just fired their GM going into this year so you know we all need perspective mm. Mm. we all need to calm down is it a sprint or a marathon Mike I can't remember <laughs> help me out. <laughs> Um, before we get to our mailbag and all those, uh, wonderful questions, the only thing I wanted to point out is there was a mix. This felt like the first sort of even, evenly distributed, distributed game of bigs in terms of Griffin, Aldridge, and Millsap. They all played about the same amount of minutes. No Claxton. No Claxton. Illness. Um, Non-COVID illness. He seems to pick up a lot of, like, a lot of colds, Claxton. What's going on? Is he is he is he <laughs> yeah. hanging out of, at a daycare? Yeah. Is he licking toddlers' feet and getting foot and mouth disease or whatever that is? Hoof and like, what is Why do they call it hoof and mouth disease? <laughs> Why the hoof? No, isn't it foot and mouth? Is it hand, foot, and mouth disease? I thought I they had a hoof in there. Maybe it's there's the also. Thing. I think there's yeah. also a hoof disease, but I think that's has to do with cows, right? Isn't that a? I don't know. A, a I'm not. A, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like there's a hoof, a hoof disease. <laughs> uh, I. I don't know what's uh, yeah that that guy needs like a. Do you know when I was a kid I got Coxsackie's virus? <laughs> like, what the hell is that? It's ba- it's before we get crazy. It's based on a town and called Coxsackie, New York, but right. it is from drinking piss in a public pool. That's how you get it. <laughs> oh my god, Brian! <laughs> Do we edit that out? I don't know. No, that's it's fine. A, yeah, it. and it's like basically you get chicken pox from it. It's a bad one. Steer clear. Hopefully Nick Nick doesn't Nick Claxton doesn't have that. How did your dad take the news that you were drinking people people water? Uh, nicely done. 
uh, how did my dad take the news? I didn't. That's a funny way of presenting that. Uh, I think he. I think he took it hard. I think he thought I was. I I, he, he, disowned, he disowned me uh, due to degeneracy, <laughs> the highest order. I mean, obviously, you didn't know that you were. I mean, you know, I think it's all speculation. Always. Who knows how you pick it up? But that's what they. That's what they came up with. That's um, what I came up with. <laughs> um. Uh, we're, let's just do this. I think we should go to break. We'll go to hit our emails because some of what I want to discuss about James Harden, Steve Nash, Kyrie Irving, the big situation, it's all going to be addressed within our emails. So let's do this. We'll go quick break. Coming back, we'll dive into the mailbag nets pod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And we're back, Ryan. Ooh, wow. Good to be here. Uh, do you have the mailbag open? or do you- I have it. It is open. It is right, wide you, agape. Ready? You-, <laughs> <clears throat> you ready for me? Yeah, you, you drive the bus. First up, Cherboy. I mean, we, we addressed this one already, but Cherboy, Ali Khan. Beautiful name. Love that. Uh, sorry, he's, he signed off Ali. Sorry, Ali. I, I doxed you. Uh, do you think James Harden will get back to form and do we need to start panicking or will he or will we be okay? Love the pod, guys. Ali. Um, love you. Mike, overall, gun to your head, James Harden, are you worried? I'm 20% worried on a 100% scale of weariness. Okay. I am. So I think it, there's like, there's almost like too much attention being paid to the fact about like James Harden's, um, he doesn't have the burst and all that stuff. Now he's really leaning hard on this hamstring injury that he had like five months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how much do you think the ham like he says it he says it specifically he's working back his way into health yeah i'm surprised that that hamstring was that devastating because he in, he did play in the playoffs on it yeah. uh as ineffective as he was so are you well what's your worry it about? was a weird quote and matt brooks i think tweeted that out shout out shout out to matt brooks um that he was like i know everyone wants me to score 30 or 40 I should pull it up and get it exactly. But anyways, I know people want me to score 30 and 40, but like I was rehabbing this summer and not playing pickup. So I can't, I just can't do that. And it didn't yeah, qualify. He said he had it. a grade two hamstring strain that he, and he said he had three strains during the year. Yeah. Right. Which, which is, I think we knew. Yeah. That makes sure. sense. That checks out. So I guess there's quite a bit of rehab that goes into that. Fine. Fair. But the idea that like your entire first part of the season is going to hinge on you playing pickup. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, heck, what do I know? Um, you're the professional. So, I mean, but, but he didn't put any qualifiers on it. He's like, I'm not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And it doesn't say like until, or if this changes or when I get this amount of reps in, or it was just like, that's it. No more 30 or 40 point games. Sorry guys. Um, (laughs) which I'm sure that's not how it's, you know, to be read or whatever that I'm sure that he, he thinks that he can get back there if he needs to. But uh, that's a weird quote, and I didn't like it. I didn't like to see that he's um, doing any kind of, like, uh, hemming and hawing about his performance in that way uh, and needing to kind of, like, lay out those those reasons. That that felt bad for me. Um, yeah, is it is it worse that he is resigned to the fact that he can't 
reach the higher levels that he was hitting, right? Is it almost worse the fact that he knows that, like maybe he has faith that he will get back there. I'm sure he does. But it, yeah, I guess it's I just concerning where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be that great right now. <laughs> I was, I would have way preferred if he was like, shut up, nerds. I'm going to go screw, score 30 someday and 40 someday. It's fine. This is just, you know, slow start of the season. I was rehabbing. Like if he had, if he had started that sentence with shut up, nerds, I would have felt fine. I would have felt great. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. mostly that's kind of, I yeah. appreciate the PR aspect of just saying shut up, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that should constantly be it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, like when Biden addresses Congress. <laughs> You know, the yeah, State sh- of the Union. Shut up, nerds. Hey, shut up, nerds. Yeah. You know, my yeah, my poll numbers suck, <laughs> but I got this. Yeah. You know, I'll put my aviators on and really eat I, that ice cream I, and get ready. I agree. Chocolate, chocolate chip. That's a, <laughs> you remember that clip? That was, damn, it, damn it, Joe. Um, anyway, um, so, but I agree with you with that 20%, I think, is, um, I, I mean, I don't know. Is that high? Maybe I'm at like. I mean, he's still. So, okay, let me say this. Nick, Nick Wright, Fox Sports was Nick Wright. Mm-hmm. Who again? I did reach out to via email. I was like, "Hey, come on the show." Didn't respond. So this is in full honesty of him, because people don't know. If anyone says they don't want to come on the show or just don't answer whether they want to come on the show, I I'm you're on the, you're on the show. You're, you're bring you're one way or another. Nick Wright's going to show up on the I'm show. I'm the dirty laundry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he literally said on Fox Sports One this morning that James Harden's one of the five worst players so far this season. Hmm. Which is just a while. Like I know what I know. It's a TV show, and I know part of what Nick Wright's character has become has become a Nets hater because he's a supporter of LeBron, right? He is. He is. Uh, Kyrie Irving had tweeted out the uh, the puppet. Mar- is it a marionette? Is that who controls the puppet? Is that totally false puppetry? I don't know. Um, I feel like the marionette is the puppet itself. It's just the the fancy okay. name for it. Okay. The puppeteer. Uh, this is what this is Harden's season, and I'm not saying he's been great, but he's still averaging 17 points, eight assists, and seven rebounds. And and yeah, his efficiency's been way off. He hasn't gotten to the line really at all, which is we've discussed many times. I'll hit PER. He's he's 133rd in the NBA right now in PER. So let's remove like 40 of those people who are like you know, centers who play two minutes and get two rebounds and they become top PER people. He's well, I, I don't feel like I need to defend this. He's not one of the five worst players in the NBA. He's just not like, so I think that there's this weird thing that is happening where Harden is like being attacked super early because of the rule change, because he hasn't had the burst that he usually does. Am I panicking? I'm not. Uh, to answer Ali's question, I'm not panicking. Um, I'm a little bit happy he didn't take that five-year extension because I would like to see mm. him play really well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am pretty confident as that Harden, he is one of the greatest offensive players to ever play basketball. I'm pretty confident that he will, he will get back to that level. There's that no was, reason for him not to. That was a spicy take that was laid out in the – uh, stream chat last night and shout out to the discord by the way because that leads to the to the stream that's that's the you know the that's flow the, that's the fu- that's the funnel um link is in the twitter the, bio is it and the tributary the tributary is a river that feeds into a, a lake isn't it usually you're the Brian? you're the geologist Brian? what do i know um yeah. i mean i grew up near the chesapeake bay so like i'm really into <laughs> But it was it was floated up by Matt Parker in the chat. Do we extend James Harden if this continues much longer? Uh, it's a yes. it's a big question. It's a spicy take. Um, as of now, it's a yes. But um, next up, Cheerboy Colin Helwig. We really got to get that John Cena thing back. It's it's just not a it's not the same. Um, Colin says, hey, guys, big fan and a Nets writer myself. Oh, shout out hey. to Colin. Um, oh, at- and we see what school you went to, Brian. We don't want to. Dox him too don't much, dox, but don't dox. Um, I'm sure he went to Syracuse. He goes to Syracuse. <laughs> Doc. Fully doxed. At Colin Helwig on Twitter. Give him a follow. Um, Patty Mills is no Kyrie Irving, but with how well he's played thus far, do you think we should run our same rotation as last year? Katie, Kyrie, Harden, I'll start, but then Harden stays on the uh, on to run the second unit with Mills just taking Irving's place. I think that system worked to the big three's advantage very well, and Mills strikes me as a close enough resemblance to Irving to make it work. Um, I like this question. I thought about this a bit last night, too, because um, 
So Bruce got the start, but then got yanked at around the seven minute mark of the first quarter. Um, and I think, I think, and this is complete conjecture, just pulling this out of my butt. Um, if I am sort of reading what's been going on the season to this point, and you know, we're coming out of the gates with extreme lethargy, lethargy, we're lethargic. Um, yeah. uh, having the first five minutes be uh, Bruce Brown fuel injected, you know, like in Too Fast, Too Furious, where you hit the NOS, you hit the NOS thing right out of the gate. Sure. Um, and then you supplant him with Patty Mills and go back to your sort of spacing offense, you know, core core model um, after he's fuel injected the, the Honda Civic. Um, then, <laughs> then I can, I can see why that there's something compelling about having Bruce start for just that short period of time to get everyone's motor up to speed and then bringing in Patty Mills right after. So that was an interesting, I just thought that that was like a fun way of starting off a game and I kind of like to see it, but in general, I do think that like Patty for Kyrie is, is sort of how we got to, how we can do this and have, I would like to go back to Harden doing the second unit stuff, which he hasn't really, I don't remember him like leading the second unit in the same way that he was last year. Well, and, and it's a harder, so like the Harden, to speak specifically the Harden second unit, unit thing, like Jeff Green were, was crucial in those second unit minutes, right? And I think that, like, they don't, Paul Millsap was one from three from three uh, in this game. LaMarcus Aldridge took a three, didn't didn't go in. They don't really, and Blake Griffin is just really not like a three-point shooting big at this point. I, th- I know he's trying to work on it. They they really are kind of missing the Jeff Green reliable three point shooter, small ball five type dude right now. Uh, it should be Paul Millsap. He's been over it over his career. To Patty Mills, like you know, and this email was sent before the Heat game, so we we didn't have the luxury of seeing that Patty Mills you know played thirty one minutes. He was one for nine from the field, but again, I really like the way he played. Like I like, you know, I kind of think that there's maybe because I didn't watch too much Spurs over the past few years. I mean, of course I remember Patty Mills when he was on all those contending teams and I always loved the way he played. Um, But I hadn't seen him in a few years to this level. And what I love about him is that like, I think my idea of him was much more of that. He's a shooter. Right. And he maybe contributes in the way that like a Landry Shamit, who we keep bringing up, but he's just way more active. Obviously. I mean, he's a way better player than Landry Shamit overall. He's smarter, more aggressive. Um, he's not necessarily driving to the hole, but he's always kind of dribbling, trying to get into the defense real quick, passing it back out. He's making quick decisions uh, that I do think help the offense. The one thing I will say about the game last night is even though the Nets lost, I think there's so much of a greater sense of urgency with the team. They tried to get in the offensive sets really quick. There was a really fun lineup that happened where KD and Harden weren't on the floor. And it was like, yeah, that was Bruce a crazy Brown, <laughs> Javon Carter. Like, yeah. Millsap. I think LaMarcus Aldridge was out Bembry, there. I think was in there. It was, it was yeah, that, like that, it was that lineup that you had like memed about. Um, it's and it actually, it actually kind of worked. If there was just one more, if you put in, hate to say it, you put in Kyrie for Javon Carter, that lineup kicks ass. Yeah. It's just, that was like a fun, I was like, cause Nash, really does play do a nice job of always having Katie or Harden on the floor. He pretty much always has one of those two guys on the floor. And obviously when when Kyrie was on the team, it's pretty easy to have one of those three on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um I like that lineup. They and what I liked about it was that they had a they they knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to get the ball down the floor quick. They wanted to be active. They wanted to try to create open shots by their activity as opposed to Sometimes what happens with Harden is that everyone just stands stands around. And you know who really like took the mantle on that in that lineup in particular was Bembry, your boy, um, who has who continues to inspire and amaze. Um, he's been sort of, sort of a, a pretty easy favorite of the new guys to this point, I think, um, potentially. Uh, no, maybe Patty Mills. But um, anyways, that was a great question, Colin. Give him great a follow question. at Colin Helwig on Twitter. Um, Next up, Cheerboy. This is Eddie America Mensa. It's great. I love. I love that name, Eddie America Mensa. Um, <clears throat> I honestly think Claxton might not be good enough in a playoff rotation. Should we attempt to sign Demarcus Cousins or Myers Leonard <laughs> to replace him and or give Daron Sharp an, an opportunity? Tell you what, if you don't think Nick Claxton's ready for a playoff rotation, 
Wait till you see what Demarcus Cousins and Myers Leonard have been up to. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think Myers Leonard is going to be signed by anyone. No, after he, he may like, have had. What did he have a Jewish slur? Or, he or, did. Uh, he used the the K slur in in a live stream, which is just a wild. It's a weird one to pull. As a Jewish man, <laughs> it's just like a wild because it's like totally out of the consciousness. In terms he, of I honestly, I, whatever, not to get into it, but I honestly believe he like totally bad, didn't like. He just saw it on the internet and doesn't know what it means. Like I, I, I think I think that's like because it's. it's such Possible. an obscure one to pull for in that, especially in that or context. You know exactly what it means. Yeah, and sure, I I did watch him like talk about some things like that were in the SJ. Like I didn't, I don't have reason to believe that he's like it belies some greater anti-Semitism. It's possible, who knows? But yeah, he he got canceled badly, and um, so anyways, um, Myers probably can't get a job. <laughs> but uh, Demarcus, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's getting a job in Brooklyn. No, that's a tough one. That's Particularly t- because if you ever go to a Nets game, there are a, a, a large portion of the fan base that go to the games are Orthodox Jews. Yes, and during the high holidays, I mean, like they'll do some some in-game, you know, tips of the. Tips of the yarmulke to to the Jewish crowd. <laughs> Tips of the yarmulke. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I I don't think Myers Leonard <laughs> is gonna is gonna be on this team anytime soon. Demarcus Cousins is interesting because you could see like Kevin Durant, you know, saying on some level that he should be with the team. I really think what they're just gonna do is they're gonna continue to do the Blake Griffin, Aldridge, Millsap, Claxton rotation. And then as the season goes along, they're going to think about, okay, do we make, do we trade Claxton now to some team to get a more reliable big? I think that's, that's the move. Cause I, I don't think Claxton's going to be on this team long-term. Um, ultimately, he, even though he's been disappointing this year, I still think he's going to get a nice enough contract where he's just going to be way too expensive for the Nets. I'm not actually um, sure about that anymore. I think he's, I mean, I know it's, it's weakening. It's a weird, sure. it's in a weird spot for sure. His, the body of work is not big enough for it had to, to suck really badly this year. Can you imagine that pressure? Like the thing about Claxton is that he has all this talent, but he's, he's shoved onto this team where they need him to play 25 minutes. And if he does do that, like if he achieves a reliable, being a reliable force on the nets, then that means he's going to be a $20 million player, right? But if he can't play that well for the Nets and he becomes like a guy who's in and out of the lineup, he's not going to get a big, like all of it, it all depends on his performance right now. Mm-hmm. Depends on how much wealth he's <clears throat> going to accumulate in his life. And it's so drastic between playing 25 minutes or playing 13, you know, or whatever. It's, that's tough. It is. Um, and Truly. here's another Tough one. Thank you, Eddie. Um, and next up is Cherboy Glenn, Glenn Y. Um, and this one's going to be spicy. So uh, here comes Glenn Y with the heat. What are some out of the box trade ideas you have for Kyrie? Signed front of the pod, Cherboy Glenn. Um, do you have anything crazy out of left field? I'm not, I'm not talking about Ben Simmons. Okay, that's run of the mill. That's yesterday's news. I'm sure. not talking about Damian Lillard. Who hasn't thought of it? Um, I'm not talking about. Who else? What is well, that? Don't take away all my options before De- I get to say my DeAndre options. Ayton. No, uh, that's that is spicy, Brian. <laughs> hey, stop. Something, okay. What's the truly out of the box? Here's what you need to do. If you're if you're Sean Marks or if you're a fan of the Nets and you are dissatisfied with Kyrie Irving and you think that he will never get vaccinated and that New York City will never change their local ordinance, take a shot. Um What you need to think about are what owners are dumb or desperate or both. So that those are the ownership groups, because this would be an ownership decision to bring in Kyrie Irving. Mm. Who's dumb, who's desperate, or who's both? New owners are usually dumb. Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie. I actually have a friend who's who knows Mark Laurie pretty well. Does he say he's Um, dumb? He's a very smart man. They're all very smart <laughs> yeah. people, but you know, they're dumb yeah. as well. We're all flawed, imperfect. I could see Alex Rodriguez, you know, they are hot after Ben Simmons. And I could see Alex Rodriguez being the type of guy who's like, we just got to get talent. We just got to get premier talent here to Minnesota. And we need to get the talent here. Then we can lock them in mm-hmm. and they'll be a part of the team. Carl Anthony Towns and Kyrie Irving will, you know, form some Jersey bond mm-hmm. by playing together. <clears throat> so 
So I could see the Timberwolves being a target. I could see the Pelicans being a target because they are have an insane amount of pressure right now. Dave Griffin, the guy who r- runs the team, has <laughs> for some reason he's fired two coaches already so quickly, and he's on to his third one. And the Zion is basically hinting that he may not even sign an extension. Mm-hmm. He would he would break tradition in the NBA not even sign an extension. Um, Sacramento Kings, that the Kings actually have a lot of point guards, and it would be kind of odd to trade for Kyrie Irving. Um, and you know, I think that's the list. I think, and then there's other teams that could kind of come into the picture, like the Thunder, uh, just because it's like a pure talent play for them. The Indiana Pacers, on some level, because there seems to be some level of dissatisfaction with Malcolm Brogdon. You just look at those teams and you think about how you can construct a trade. I, you know. Brian, you poo poo my DeAndre Ayton. I, I had, I think it's spicy to say, DeAndre Ayton wasn't given the contract extension that he wanted. Mm. You could pretty easily do like a three team trade where Kyrie goes to Philly, Ben Simmons goes to Phoenix, and DeAndre Ayton goes to uh, Brooklyn. It's just too. And, it's so convenient. It's almost too convenient. But I love it. I mean, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And obviously, it doesn't really make sense because it's like. Why, why, if you don't want to pay DeAndre Aiden, would you not like, why would you then want to pay Ben Simmons? Cause Ben Simmons already has the max extension. I understand that aspect of it. Um, a bit more of a proven commodity. And if, if you really don't think DeAndre Aiden's not a, I mean, I, I can make an argument. Well, let's talk about the Timberwolves for a sec. Okay. Would you take D'Angelo Russell back for Kyrie? Cause that would be the deal. Maybe, maybe Minnesota's throwing in, you know, a little, another role player. On that, I on that picture, say but like that's I hate to say it, but like in <gasps> my down on my plums where I, I do all my yeah. my thinking, um, yeah. I gotta think that this Minor dude, prunes, this yeah. dude comes back, gets a vaccine, comes back. I gotta think he can't go this whole season. It's just yeah, too damning. I agree. It's just too damning. Um, that's but that's plum talk. So you know I can't, and that's you'd really be you know betting the farm that he's not going to do that if you trade him for a what I think everyone would see as a pretty big um downgrade in De- love D'Angelo Russell as a as a human being but <clears throat> you know we we talked about this right after that trade it was like oh that's a di- that is a whole standard deviation of better player from Kyrie to to D'Angelo Russell yes um and D'Angelo Russell hasn't he hasn't even played as well as he played in Brooklyn since he left Brooklyn, right? Like he had a very weird warriors experience. He goes to Minnesota, gets hurt. Doesn't really get to play with Carlton towns. They start this season. You know, we, I talked about the Timberwolves were playing well, but it's not really because of D'Angelo Russell. Um, It's really because Carl Anthony towns and Anthony Edwards are dope and awesome. D'Angelo Russell's averaging eight, just for people's perspective, he's averaging 18 points per game, four rebounds, four and a half assists, and four turnovers. So he's he's not really an efficient player yeah. at this point. Um, but that's the kind of trade you make if you're like wholly confident that you'll never get Kyrie Irving. I agree with you that like it would just be so damn odd if Kyrie was really like, nah, I'm just not going to get vaccinated ever. Like it feels it feels like it's gonna happen. Feels like it's gonna happen. But hey, who what do we know? Last two questions, Mike, and then we talk Dune. Spoilers upon spoilers. First up, Cheerboy Sam. Sam says, Hey glue guys, just have a quick question. I've been seeing this in the spicy world amidst Twitter, which by the way, I haven't been hanging out in these Twitter spaces, but I hear they get raucous, Mike. It's a real it's a <laughs> it's a thunderdome of blood sports over there. Um we might have to check it out at some point. Some people are calling for Steve Nash's head already. <gasps> Who would have thunk? Realistically, if the Nets continue to slide and not perform well, do you think his job could be in jeopardy? Thank you, Sam. Um thanks, Sam. That was that's a good question. Um, Mike. Thanks. Steve Nash is his job in trouble. Um, I don't think so. Do you think? I so? don't think so. And if it was, then Sean Marks is in trouble because Marks made a really risky move to hire Nash, right? Yeah. So, what would have to happen is that Kevin Durant, James Harden, would have to say, "Hey, Nash is like really not providing what we need. We need to get Mike D'Antoni back here and coach this team, or something like that." Yeah. I don't. It doesn't feel like. Like, I know we can pick apart some of the things that Nash does. Like, he obviously he didn't play Bruce Brown earlier in the year, and then he plays, and Bruce Brown's, like, 
he's just better than James Johnson and the other guys that were playing ahead of him. So it's like an odd thing. But we talked about this. Just, like it's a worthwhile thing to do to see if Nick Claxton can be your starting center. And then like, okay, we did that. Found out he probably can't. Great. Move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I think Steve Nash, I think it, he does. The thing he does not get credit for is like the incredible amount of calm he brings to a team that, you know, the tempest in a teapot, it you is, know, like it is a, like his, his love energy is healing and it has a large uh, area of effect. It's just, I, I've, in as much as like, you know, I think people go back and forth on like the actual overall net effect of like head coaching on elite teams. Cause you know, there's, there's a whole big meme. It's like, if you have Kevin Durant, it's, that's what, you know, there's not a ton of like high level coaching decisions that need to be made ultimately because that dude just gonna do what he needs to do um but that being said like you know he's they've you, oh i'll put it this way does d'antoni's presence make a big difference for you or the lack of of that kind of experience as your assistant coach on the bench is that because that's where i see it's like okay if we're gonna say that steve nash is the love energy beacon which i think he is then you have to have some brains powering the operation as well which i guess d'antoni sort of de facto was um are we worried about that 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 gap no, I mean, I still I, it's hard for me to imagine that Steve Nash doesn't have that sort of offensive mastermind ability, though. I guess I would have thought that Jason Kidd, like as a head coach, should have been an off- offensive mastermind and he wasn't. So I, maybe I shouldn't just assume because there, Steve Nash was a great point guard that he would be a great coach offensively. Yeah. You know, I, I think the problem with the offense is Kyrie Irving's not playing basketball. And this team was built around three max contract players. One of the max contract players isn't playing. So the role players that were supposed to be surrounding those three stars have been pushed into bigger roles. Also, Joe Harris is they changed the rules. His 18 million is limited. And now James Harden is like in an identity crisis. So there's like that whole thing. Yeah, th- it's actually been hardest on because like I don't think we really I know Kyrie got hurt last year, too, but. Kyrie was 35 and five shooting 50, 40, 90. That, that's pretty incredible. Um, and I think it was maybe arrogance on our part that we just assumed that this team would keep rolling um, without that level of production. Uh, so, you know, I don't think it's Steve. It doesn't feel Steve Nashy yet. I think the ultimate thing that he has to do with this job is personalities. And I He's, I think, I feel like he's doing an amazing job from what we know. Like the, the Kyrie Irving situation should have been so much more explosive than it was within that locker room. We would have been hearing so many more leaks. You really don't hear that much coming out of the nets besides like, Hey, we love Kyrie. We support him, but we want him here. Right. And that's a lot of Nash and Marks, how they run the thing. If it was like picture any coach like uh, George Carl or you know some guy like that, like this would be a a disaster. Larry Brown, those type of coaches would be a disaster. So I don't know. I don't think Steve Nash is in danger. The only way he gets in danger is if he does something. If he is, if Durant and Harden really like disrespect his basketball IQ, which I don't <clears throat> think really would happen. Excellent, thorough. Next up, Cherboy. Maybe your girl potentially it's your person sorrow Demac. Um, thank you, sorrow says love you guys, and this is all in good fun. Um, oh, here we go. But do the other original Nets fans from New Jersey, like myself, who regularly listen to your podcasts, also have an issue with discussions about the acidity or neutral or neutrality of brie cheese during their hoops podcasts? If we are going to take over NYC one day, I think we might want to put away the fine cheese references. Uh, to basketball, I knew we were going to trend towards hipster Brooklyn with the move to NJ, but this is a step too far and hurting our street cred to boot. Keep up the good work. Um, two two points on this, Mike. This, I've got two I points. I've got two points. Yeah. One, we started this podcast in 2013, Mike. That's a long time ago. Yeah. And in those years, I, I, I will point to our ability to entertain ourselves with things like brie cheese to no end, um, you know, because those were some boring years, Mike. And here's here's something that nobody wants to hear. In the future, there will be some Nets teams with 34 wins, 32 wins, 28 wins. God, play, hopefully no, but maybe this will happen, Mike. 
And the people that are podcasting Maybe now, this year. <laughs> the people that are podcasting now who are riding this wave of just stacking W's who don't, haven't, you know, don't have the muscle memory, don't have the reflexes built up to talk about other dumb shit are going to be in a bad way. Because if you just talk about Donald Sloan for 45 minutes, you go crazy, Mike, you go insane and you need, yes. you need an, a, a distraction of some kind. Second point, Brie is not. Brie is an entry level cheese. It is an, it is a, not a, it, there is fine versions of it, but the idea, and, and it's important to know that Mike's infantile taste buds are so challenged. You are so <laughs> wrong are so challenged. I, I'm sorry, I didn't go to private school, Brian. It's I not, live the fine life of Brie Montclair, is, New Jersey. They sell it at it's every grocery store. It is an entry level it's cheese. It's foreign. <laughs> it's an entry no. level cheese. No. It is right. It is just a Brian. half step up from American cheese in complexity on your taste buds. It is a it is a subtle, not challenging it's, cheese. Okay. You, uh, it is a step up there. I mean, this blows my mind. The fact, like, this shows your privilege, and it's really galling. I feel so bad. Dude, for there's brie cheese everywhere. What are you talking about? Anytime you go to any, yeah, it's everywhere in your in your beautiful enclaves of where you are in Brooklyn, dude. which I won't name, but which very wealthy people live. Dude, dude brie cheese is in Montclair, New Jersey. I was going up on the hard scrabble streets of Columbia, Maryland. Which yeah. you don't know about. But that's a tough town, dude. I've okay? been I've been all over this world, and I've seen brie cheese <laughs> everywhere. Okay, everywhere <laughs> streets no. covered with brie no. cheese, and you know why? It's cheese. because it's it's, it's not it's unoffensive. It's easy to eat, and and sure, yeah. sure. I'm not I'm not d- d- disputing the fact that it's easy to eat. All yeah. I'm saying is that entry level cheeses, undeniably, and I'm going to say the first one, and you're going to be like, no, Monterey Jack. <laughs> Cheddar, Monterey. American. You go right for the one with peppers in it, Monterey Jack. Monterey Jack. Those are entry. If it is shredded in a bag, and you can put it on a Mo- taco, mozzarella? you can put it on your pizza. Those are entry level cheeses. I'm putting brie okay. in there with mutz- with mozzarella. No. Oh my god. Yeah. This is it's in there. This is crazy. This isn't. This is your worst take. It's away. not. It's not. It's not camembert. Okay. Camembert would be the elevated brie cheese. That's cool, that would be cool. me. Yeah, you can say camembert. Doing, doing awesome, the dude. thing. I just Kunick. It's important. Anyways, a, it's important. It's important to know go, that Mike. I can go cheese all Mike day. Mike ate bologna and American cheese, and he's got you know that's fine. That's great. I, I don't you know begrudge that, but he's eating it into his thirties now, and he needs to adapt. He needs to change. And this is this is an I important part no, of the no, no, podcast no, no. is no, learning no. and growing with us as I as broadcasters and commentators. It's an important part. Excuse me. Of I gave the you experience. I, 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 I gave you your turn to talk. Now it's my turn. I don't need to talk about my cheese credentials. Okay. My wife has a personal account at a cheese cave shop. It's very cave like in the shop. It's not actually in a cave, but I'm. Oh my God. You know, and I'm the tryhard in Burlington, Vermont. Like, we, my wife has a, accounts, personal accounts. You know the one where they like write down the note of what you've gotten and, and then it's in like a little folder. And then when you go back there, you, they'll take it out and realize what you got three years ago. She has that all over the country. Okay, I I have I have been around the world eating cheeses. Okay, I don't believe you. Brie, while yes, unoffensive, easy to eat, accessible, is a step above American cheddar Monterey Jack. It's is it is moz- is mozzarella in that step above? I put mozzarella in a different category. We're all over altogether. the place. We're all over because the place. It's it's, it's right well, there with mozzarella. That's where I'm putting because it. it's acts. Because I don't disagree with connection. you that it's like with ch- like Parmesan. I think I think cheddar and American are like as entry level as it possibly gets. Although if you get a sharp cheddar, that can be more challenging than brie. I'm just gonna head and say that you can get a crystallized cheddar well, that knocks sure, sure. Like, you, blows your yeah, wig off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two year aged, yeah. Two year, absolutely. Um, I'm, I, there are levels to all those cheeses besides Monterey Jack. Can There's start, no level but basement. So, anyways, sorrow. That's to say, I appreciate. I so appreciate your comment. Nothing, nothing will change. We change nothing for no one, and we can't. Well, even if we great tried, cheese in New Jersey. Even if we tried, we couldn't. Um, but love you, love you back, uh, Mike. Do we want to speaking? Speaking of diversions, um, Dune. Yeah. So, spoiler alert, guys. This is the part where we're going to spoil tons of stuff about Dune. Mike, Mike never puts spoiler alerts and just starts winging hot takes before. <laughs> but here is a spoiler alert. If you were um, wanting to come with us, we were done talking about basketball, and now we're going to talk about something completely different. So, Saro, we're doubling down on your on your comment. This is 
has nothing to do with basketball. Probably. Maybe, yes. maybe it will. Who knows? Um, but massive spoiler alerts. If you haven't seen Dune and you don't want to know what happens, this this is goodbye for us. Thank you. Love you guys. Now, yeah. Mike, Dune. I was blown away. I was. You love a franchise. You just love a cinematic, <laughs> a world building. <laughs> you just love world building. You fucking love I, it. I love world building. I love. I actually do. I love hints at a, a larger narrative at play. Open the door uh, I love a, a history that I'm not fully aware of. You know, Brian and I talked about this before we got. We were talking about Dune. And Brian likes to make fun of me. He's like, you love a franchise. You do. You and love I, a franchise. And I think, I think the love of the franchise, not to get too personal. Wow. I'm a child of divorce, you know? Too personal. And That's too much. If anything is more, this is this is a joke for everyone who isn't aware. I mean, I am actually a child of divorce, which is very <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that's but, really, uh, really painful. <laughs> yeah. But um, franchises is a movie's, fil- cinema's form of commitment. I know that mm. I'm going to get more of them. Even though Dune, we didn't know there was going to be a part two and probably a part three before part one came out, which is such a weird way to go about all of this. But I, so I was going to go to a theater to see Dune because I was told that's the way to see it. Um, and you do what you're then told. I, and you do what you're told. I do what I'm told. And then my wife told me not to go to a theater. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Roger that. Yeah. Confirmed. Well, I will not do that. Uh, so I watched on my TV uh, on HBO Max 4K, which is sick. Wait, did you sick, did you dude. put on the surround sound speakers? <laughs> no, no. You didn't put the Sonos <laughs> next year. Next year, we don't, we don't need brie cheese and have surround sound, buddy. All right, we're cheddar over I here. Brie cheese off my TV. chest. I just lap it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just heats up yeah, on your chest exactly. and starts melting over. Uh, like Baron Harkonnen, but I go, um, I go Harkonnen on that pronunciation. You go no, but in the movie they say Harkonnen. Harkonnen? I don't. I think like they Harkonnen. go Harkonnen. This goes back to the Josh Brolin. I'm just trying to think of how he said it. But right before he says, the Harkonnens are brutal. They're, they're brutal. <laughs> how many takes do you think before you landed on that? The first one. That was yeah. the first take. That was <laughs> first take. came out of the gate. That's Brolin's ready for that. He was boring to say <laughs> brutal. I mean, literally, his last name begins in the same sort of. True. Bro. So he's been. <laughs> do you think Denny Villeneuve was only looking for actors that be, their last names began with BR for that role? Uh, True. I, I loved it. I thought it was. I was. The visuals of it, like, so I can understand the criticism of the movie, the fact that it's not really a movie because it doesn't end, it just sort of stops. It's not really a movie. Um, That's a spicy take. Wow. Um, I understand all that. Like, I understand the criticism that you could say that, the, you know, the, it's confusing. Um, it's just a bunch of people sort of like, you know, with really good posture and they have nice cheekbones, you know, talking at each other. Get all that. I like that kind of stuff. The visuals of it are something almost I've never seen before wow. in movies. Wow. And it deserves credit. It deserves I I, I don't disagree credit. with you. I enjoyed it. I I thought it was like a like pretty chill, but I also I recognize that it's like a a science fiction piece that was written in the 50s and 60s like we were talking about and <clears throat> comes with with that comes a kind of hokiness dare i say regarding like <clears throat> the all the all hokey religion <laughs> the all we Sorry. are supposed to feel about like space travel and like oh my there's a planet with a resource that so you have you know it's we've <laughs> we've done obviously done this a hundred ways and um yes. and that's fine you know those are those are baked into the you know fabric of society and and it's you know but like in terms of of drawing well, any partly, larger, par- I will say this: yeah. partly it's baked into the fabric of society because of Dune, the book. Like a no, lot I'm just saying, of like those like overarching like themes of like you know people fighting like you know like you know you have a local population wizard. who's being displaced by you know resources. The rest of the world is fighting over. Yes, boy wizard becomes yes. man wizard. Man king becomes man king. Man king. Man king. That's how. That's how it ends up. Yeah. So I yeah all that. A hundred percent. And and so that's kind of why I actually like what Villeneuve did. It's because of the story. I mean, we kind of know what's going to happen. Even if, you know, I hadn't read, I, I saw Dune, the David Lynch movie. I mean, I didn't remember what like happened, um, but I saw it, you know, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what it, either Chalamet becomes the hero or he gets killed. Right. Like, and I, we, I, we kind of know where that's going. Um, 
he's you know he's Jesus and all yeah. that stuff. Fantastic. Did you? But that's. Did you want to go back know, and watch the David the, Lynch one? Sorry, I cut you off. But did you? I did watched, make you? No, I watched it like five years ago. I didn't go actually. Back. You know that he disowned it. It's he went to uh, Alan Smithy on it. You know that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a whole. Yeah. You know, you can disown the movie because the studio took it away from you or something. So he did. That. Have you ever seen? We've talked about this probably the documentary um, Jodorowsky's Dune. Have you ever seen that thing? No, I haven't seen you it. You should. Yet. You'll like it. You will like it, Mike, because it's a whole, a lot of little back, you know, behind the scenes of, of how movies are made that you're going to, I know that you like this kind of shit, Mike. I know this about you. They're not just made in a magical box and delivered <laughs> to me, Brian. Um, That's but, what I hope. But in terms of like hot takes, it's hard to have a hot take about Dune, I would say, just because like, <clears throat> if you're familiar with the IP, it's faithful to it, I guess. I don't know. I haven't read the books, but it seems like it. Well, and I, I literally just, this is how lame I am. I just so, like bought the Kindle. In, you're so in. I know. I'm so yeah. in. <laughs> Uh, and, and I was like, wow, like there are lines from the book in the movie. Yeah. Like, wow, way to go guys. Yeah. Impressive. Are you, and I do want you to synthesize this for me. I talked to you about this, but like, cause the, the sexual overtones, undertones between Paul and the mom, they're hinting at them in the movie in a way that you can only like hint at in, in sort of the mass, the mainstream media way of like, you know visual depictions so I didn't of, pick up on any of that in what? the movie they're like undressing in each other and they're like having like a weird moment where they might like look over normal? the shoulder is that not a normal <laughs> like <laughs> nice is that not a normal way to, to <laughs> hang out with your mom <laughs> um so i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into the web let me let me know on twitter if you read sexual yeah, under <laughs> stop projecting <laughs> that could be on me um but anyways if you read the book and you pick up on that i want to know okay because if that's i guess anytime yeah, no, that there's no, like things you. with like royal people there's always some level of like incestuous vibes right that's kind of a thing anyways well and like if you want to go the the bene Gesserit, the sort of witch clan wow. Wow. that controls the shadows i did like them I uh, like that. they they do selectively breed people and like you read a little bit about it you know they breed brothers and sisters or <laughs> you read, stuff like that you read a little bit about line. it in the wiki that i've printed out is that is that <laughs> i got it right here <laughs> yeah I showed it to my sister said, we can make a baby. Um, no. So yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty deep and yeah, it's sad. Yeah. No, it's not I've sad. Also actually, I like this about you, Mike. This is part of your, yeah, and I go into the Reddit board and, but the thing is the problem that when I do that, I'm so, I do this with everything that's kind of like this that I have like, uh, let's a part of IP. I have no relation to whether it's Marvel DC. Like I didn't read the comic books, but then I see a movie or a TV show and I'm like Loki, like, Oh, I yeah. want to read more about Loki. I go to, Marvel wiki or whatever. And then you read like what happened. So like with Dune wiki immediately when you click on someone's name, it tells you what's going to happen to that. Per like I know what happens to, to Paul Atreides though. It's not like that surprising. Um, I just thought the movie itself was, I mean, I'm just so impressed by it. You're like just ready for a spectacle. It's been a long 18 months yes, and you're ready for a visual we, spectacle. We've seen so many movies that necessarily weren't made for TV, but that were taken to TV. And I, I wish that I, in fact, um, you know, they call, I, for some reason, they call wives in movies concubines. So I, I to my con my own concubine, mm. I didn't listen. I, I should have not listened to her and gone to the movie, right? Should have risked COVID <laughs> to have gone seen that movie in theaters. But wow. just even watching on my TV, it, it felt different than like every other like Mortal Kombat and all the and Wonder Woman and all the movies we've seen on TV. It was better, different experience than all of those. And I'm still watching it on my TV. Um, like the scale of wow. like the spaceships and the little people. Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you. I will say I liked their their um, interpretation of the military technology involved because that was like a big problem with the David Lynch one. Was like everything just seemed so just kind of born from fantasy more than sci-fi. Just like there's crystal swords and shit. It's like ugh, this is this is after we've seen lightsabers, you can't go back to the crystal sword. You know, that's it feels like a regression sure. of a kind. But <clears throat> they they highlighted the fact better that these like personal shields I could it's actually kind of plausible that ballistics are less effective in a world where you have these like super advanced personal shield systems or whatever so that a slow penetrating thing would be more effective I actually kind of bought that which is a hard thing to sell yeah. it's a tough sell well and there's a lot that the other thing I appreciate is that like again I didn't I had seen the Lynch Dune movie I had not t none of it had stuck in my brain of like understanding the world and yet watching this movie, like I understood 
pretty much like, hey, there's a there's the bad fat man who comes out of the pool who's like a mean guy. Yeah. I get that. Oscar Isaac, I love him. He's a good guy. Chalamet, you know, Chalamet. he's a shiny looking person. I get him. Um, like, I get who the bad people are. Um, they explain pretty well that, like, you know, the emperor <clears throat> wants to set them up for failure, right? Like, perfect. Like, I, I, there's so much that's happening, but I kind of, you just kind of understand most of it. Chalamet's um, too small. Can I just say that? We're he's, like, he's too small. I think I feel like I could pick he's him supposed up. Supposed to be. I could pick him up and punt him. That's how you feel. That guy is like a buck <laughs> ten. I could eat Chalamet. He's supposed to be like a fifteen-year-old, though. I've got. Right? A, I think I've like got a hundred pounds on Timothy Chalamet. I would. I would. Cr- <laughs> I'm just well, saying, I felt. I, I felt. I, think I, I felt bad for punch him. Punch his head I, off. <clears throat> another casualty of liking a movie is then you start Googling or YouTube that the thing. And this is my casualty, and then so now my entire YouTube algorithm is is videos of Zendaya and Chalamet doing interviews. <laughs> um, and they made some joke to each other the face about how you just made of how like d- disappointed you are in yourself that that's your algorithm. <laughs> that's my I'm algorithm. Doing it man. again. Yeah, okay. and, and it and the funny thing is they're they're in the same room for all these interviews but they're wearing different clothes in each of these like the tonight show stephen colbert the bbc and i'm like i feel so bad for those humans like i hate like when my wife comes home with clothes my, a lot of wife talk in this, yeah. but like you know when you try on clothes or whatever like i'm like this sucks they're like all they're doing is putting on new clothes but they made a joke to each other about how they don't eat food and i'm like you guys probably don't eat food yeah. They're too skinny. The joke Very was they don't people. eat food. Jesus. That's scary. They're like, <laughs> aren't that they? Like, is that? How old are these people? Oh God. I don't know. Somebody called the, They're somebody like called the 22. union. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what did you like about the movie? But th- to your point. I mean, I liked, I was, I too am, you know, not, not ready for a spectacle. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. I devoured it. I could even watch it again. Um, just for how successful they were in executing the spectacleness of it. I don't have any strong connection. And the way that you do, I have no real desire to go, you know, plow through the wiki or anything. Like I just, <clears throat> the world building from a sensory input perspective was working, but not from like a, I actually care about the for- the futures of these characters who are, sure. are kind of, you know, been there, done that, that sort of. But, you know, that's the thing. It's a book from the 60s, you know, of course, of course. What are you going to do? Go watch Jodorowsky's Dune, Mike. It, you'll you'll really like it. Put that top of the list. I think that's it. You're right. Where it's like eh, we kind of like he's a magical boy. Yeah, we, we've seen many magical boys. Yes, and fights over newly occupied a resources. Resource. Um, <clears throat> Mike, we did it. And there's a locals pe- local people. But look, Mike, when when there's episode two comes people. out, you and me will be in a foot race to who can watch it first. All right. Uh, that I promise you. It's successful in that way. Shall we get us out of here? Let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. If you got to this point, mazel tough to yeah, you. Yeah, mazel. Big mazel. Um, we've talked about cheese, James Harden, and Dune. What a pod. One for a the classic, books. A classic. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We are the Glue Guys. You can find us on Twitter at BKGlueGuys, NetsDaily.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall at TheAthletic.com slash Glue Guys. Brian. Howard Dean. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.